We believe intentionality exists. We are two millennial moms who are the first to admit our imperfections. We are linking arms, opening the conversation about our struggles to find balance. What if there is more to simplicity than just minimalism or the number of items in your cabinet? What if the measuring stick goes beyond the surface of materialism? What if simplicity is found deep within intentionality? Narrowing your focus to what really matters. Pursuing the right things, fleeing the dangerous things. To delight in the finest of things. In a generation saturated with instant gratification, screens, and distracted relationships, simplicity beckons. Hey, Elizabeth, how are you guys? We are doing okay. We are hanging in there. How are you guys doing? We are good. I keep thinking, I don't know why, but it keeps feeling like today is Saturday. So in a way, it's been really encouraging that it's only Friday. We still, I'm like, woo, we still have the weekend coming up. So it's been nice to feel kind of this long Friday. That's weird because I have felt like today is Saturday too. And I don't know if it's like that summer that summer haze that kind of starts to set in where it's like you don't really know when it is and kids are just outside all the time and playing with water and tracking water through the house. And yeah, our pool opened up today. So we spent the night at the pool and then our city does food truck Fridays the first Friday of every month. So they had the kickoff for summer. So today definitely felt summer over here and just like a long, fun summer day. So it's, it's a good change of pace. That's awesome. And a long weekend, right? Hopefully, hopefully it'll feel long. <laughs> Let's keep it going. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited that we get a chance to talk today um, about routines and kind of, you know, the day-to-day of just practical what's worked for us and what hasn't worked and kind of what do routines look like in our families. So I thought it would be fun to kind of kick off the conversation and talk through what hasn't worked because I'm sure we both have a list of things that we have tried that have failed miserably. Is there anything that hasn't worked well for you when you're trying to establish routines in your home? I have always liked the idea of like routines and I've liked the idea of having just a very set schedule of things that I can kind of always fall back on. But with reality, I have found that too intricate, too detailed routines can actually not be a good thing. They can actually kind of get in the way. And um, I feel like it almost takes more brain power to remember like, hey, which order do I get ready in? There comes a point where I'm just like, forget it. I'm just going to get ready and, and and not worry about it. So I think that's kind of a realization I've had to come to myself in motherhood and just how that is constantly changing and evolving. So intricate little routines like that, just as much as I'd like for them to work, they haven't really worked for me. I agree with that. I mean, it is a process and I think it's a refining process of always kind of, you know, it's going to change just based on the season you're in and kind of what's going on in your life. I know for me, I've had to really work on identifying when I can get my best work done for the day. Mm. And I am a morning person and not at all a night owl. So come, you know, evening, I just feel like I'm worthless. Like nothing productive gets done in the evening. And so I've learned that if I try to save things for the evening, or maybe I just procrastinate and I think I can get it done at nighttime, that most likely it's not going to work well for me. Um, So that's been a big one that I've had to learn the hard way of just night does not work well in my house. It's just funny because my husband is a night owl. So Depending on what it is, I can have him do it for me. 
Um, but when it comes to me being productive, I am just not productive at night. But on the flip side, I also find that I have to be really intentional with the amount of time things are going to take. I think such a list person and I like, I'm kind of the opposite of what you were just saying. Like, I love the intricate, like step one, I'll do this. Step two, I'll do this. Like I want very detail, but then if I'm not careful, I have this huge, long detailed list that I have to get done in like 20 minutes and it's just not going to happen. So I think that's something I need to work on. And it sounds like you have done a good job working on is like simplifying it, keeping it down to like, okay, these three things need to get done. And then that way I can ensure they actually get done Mm because it's easy to get lost in the list. Well, and I know that people will talk about routines and like the value in them is that you're eliminating a lot of decision making. Like if you just know you're going to, you're going to get up and the first thing you're going to do is drink water and then you're going to go do your little workout and then you're going to do your devotional and then you're going to get ready. You know, I think some people are very attracted to the fact that you don't have to worry so much about making decisions as to what you're going to do next or how you're going to organize it. And I definitely see the appeal of that. And I, I'm very like attracted to it. Like I wish that that worked for me. I have just found that too many steps sometimes can actually add to the chaos, or maybe it's just that I'm not managing my time well. Honestly, that's probably what it is. Taking too long doing things in a certain order. I don't know. It's so hard. Like I wish, I wish I had a better mastery of that because I think that there is value in it. I just don't know if I've tapped into it. I definitely agree with what you said about the morning. And one thing that I've kind of come to, especially like in the last year, is that if there is something that I'm really going to intentionally prioritize a ritual type thing like a Bible study or a workout. It has to be like one of the first things that I do or it will not happen. And that's just something that I've learned from like experience of like, I like the idea of like an evening wind down quiet time Bible study, but I absolutely know it'll happen like maybe one out of 10 times because just so often the evenings just are a scramble. And at the end of the day, I'm exhausted and my husband and I really value that time together if we can get it to just kind of decompress and just have a little moment to ourselves and just kind of hang out and really not do anything that requires a lot of brain power or yeah. Have you always been that way? Or was that just once you kind of got into motherhood? Like I wonder how many moms out there used to be night owls, but then motherhood like forces them to kind of become morning people. I'm kind of a busy body. So I feel like if I stop and sit, I'm kind of doomed. I'm going to, I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah. I've kind of always been that way. If I have a project going though, like something that's keeping like my mind and my hands busy, I can go a long time. It's hard for me to kind of break out of that project mode. But if I'm just sitting, I fall asleep always. Like there are so many shows that I've watched halfway through like four times because I go to sleep and I'm finally learning that it's better for me to just go ahead and get completely ready for bed. I'm right there with you. I don't know the last time that, I mean, it has to be a really good movie for me to be able to stay awake through the whole thing. (laughs) It's pretty rare these days that I do. So my evening routine has changed in that I'm making sure I'm prioritizing going ahead and like getting myself ready to go to sleep because to wake up like after you've been sleeping for an hour and a half and then have to get ready is just, 
like my least favorite thing. I've done it so many times. Yes. Yes. I can relate. So Mm -hmm. what kind of routine things have worked for you? So definitely the morning and definitely giving myself enough time. So I try to always be up at least an hour before I know roughly Graham will wake up, but that can be really hard if you don't have a consistent sleeper. I think for me, I kind of luck out because my husband goes to work so early. Mm -hmm. For the most part, if I try to just get up kind of when he does, I'm pretty much guaranteed a pretty solid chunk of time to get stuff done. And really that time, like you said, I, if I don't do my morning devotional first thing, it's pretty hard for me to be intentional with fitting it in in the day or just getting it done. And my personality, I'm really bad at if I miss like one thing of it, I quickly am like, well, it's just not going to happen at all. And I kind of like shut down and I just am like, bah, that like tomorrow, you know? And so I'm trying to get better at, you know, if it doesn't happen, try to squeeze it in somewhere else. Do you have that hour kind of ritualized where you have like a consistent flow of things that you do? Yeah. I mean, it's not the same every day, but for the most part, I'll get up and like get my coffee. I have to like go to the living room or go to a different room than my bedroom to do Mm -hmm. a devotional just because it's tempting to (laughs) crawl back in bed and go back to sleep. And then after I have that time, then I typically try to kind of look at my planner and just like write out a to-do list or, you know, the Uh top kind of few things that I really need to try to tackle. And depending on the morning, I might either take a stab at that list and try to get some of them out of the way and done while it's still quiet. Then I'll typically you know, either stretch or try to get moving and then get ready. And about that time's about when Graham starts to wake up and, you know, then it's kind of him doing his routine with me. So I have found it's really been helpful. Like kids crave that routine and they kind of crave the consistency too. So that's when we'll, you know, make our beds and go feed the dogs and feed the animals and open all the blinds up in the house. And we just, we kind of have a few steps that we always do together that I feel like just sets him on the right path to kind of start his day off and get us moving and going and just productive. That's great. I wish, I wish I was more structured like that. Um, do you find that it's easier for you to like pack lunches and, you know, set things up the night before or the evening before, or do you, would you rather just get up early and do it in the morning? So Lunches I typically do the night before just because that's like an easy thing to do when I'm cleaning the kitchen. And like often I prefer just to wake up super early. Like even at college, I'd wake up at like three or four in the morning just to like tackle things like first thing in the morning. And I think that's just always been kind of my personality. Mm -hmm. I've had to kind of just learn the hard way over time that if I'm not consistent with some things, they just don't happen. And so there's like freedom in that intentionality. Like the more I'm consistent, the more Mm. little tasks that just eat up so much of your day, they just, they get done right away. And then it just feels like we have more time to tackle other stuff throughout the day. So I've definitely not perfect at it at all. And there's a lot, I think I could still improve on, but been slowly transforming each year as to how it can get better. That's really good. And that actually kind of leads me into kind of something that I wanted to talk about for things that have worked for me. And you put it really well, because I think it's, it's intentionality, completing something on a regular basis. You're almost, you're buying time, like all this time just kind of shows up. So there have been a couple of things that I have set in place um, that may actually be more like 
disciplines than an actual routine. Probably the biggest one for me has been that I clean my kitchen every single night. Like I clean it and like I like to say I stage it. And when I say stage it, it just everything is kind of put in its place. All the cabinets are shut. All the drawers are shut. There's not like food in the sink or anything. The dishwasher's running. We run our dishwasher every single night. That's like a survival thing for us because if, if I don't do that, then there's a major clog the next day. Sure. Um, you know, the next morning I'm a lot more likely to cook, you know, if we're staying home because the kitchen's ready to go and there's clean dishes. So that's been one of those things. And then another thing that's really helpful is no matter how much time I have in the morning to go ahead and get the dishwasher unloaded is really a good thing because then as the day goes, you can just start to load things back into it and it's super easy. So those two things, and actually unloading a dishwasher does not take as much time as you think it does. Yeah. I saw somewhere recently that I can't remember where I saw it. I wish I could. I'll have to look for it. But it was like this two minute challenge. And the goal was you just set a two minute timer. And it was that same theory of like, if you could have two minutes, for the most part, you should mm -hmm. be able to unload most of your dishwasher or vice versa, load up a lot of your dishwasher in two minutes. You know, like I think when I think of doing the kitchen, I'm like, oh, it's going to be this huge, long, like 30 minute thing. But really, it doesn't take that long. Uh, that reminds me, I think there's a thing that a thing that sounds real official um, <laughs> that Gretchen Rubin suggests a method or something where she talks about if it takes a minute or less, whatever it is, do it now. And really that's a pretty life-changing strategy just to kind of implement in because there's little things like, you know, you put peanut butter and jelly on your sandwich and you go ahead and eat your sandwich, but you don't put it up. So it sits there for like another hour or something and then it's clutter and then that attracts clutter. And then before you know it, it just feels messy, you know, whereas when you really think about it, it takes 30 seconds to put the peanut butter back up and like rinse the knife off, you know, like things like that. So that has been something that I've really consciously tried to think about in the past and it has really had a positive effect on things. I would recommend that anybody try that. So if it takes a minute or less, do it now. Try that and I think it makes a big difference. That's a great reminder. I really like that. I'm going to try that out. So how do you feel like the changing seasons or transitions that you've gone through affected your routines and kind of what has worked and what hasn't worked? So how has the process of simplifying your life challenged the way maybe that you previously structured your routine? I think a lot of that pulls from what I was saying earlier, really just assessing situation by situation for what works. Because sometimes the things that I would like to have work don't work. Like for instance, I would like to get up in the morning and take a shower right away. But for some reason, I'm much more likely to get out the door if I shower the evening before. I don't know what the scientific mumbo jumbo is for that. Why? But it just works so much better. So that's something that I've learned and it's so simple and it makes a big difference. Another thing that I've done that's worked really, really well is like I will fold. Okay. Disclaimer. I don't always do this but I like to try to fold out of the dryer because it's just one step, you're folding, you're putting it away and it's gone. You don't have to think about it anymore. And it's a really difficult discipline because it just, it's counterintuitive because you know, you're thinking, well, I could already have the next load drying, but I'm standing here with an open dryer, just you know, folding piece by piece, but it is effective. It has been for me anyway, but I'm not sure it would be for everyone. I think it's just, it's, 
really looking at what works and what doesn't and what's adding stress and like what kind of ideals we're holding on to that really aren't serving us. I think that's been the biggest thing for me is just really trying and just like being willing to try different things and let go of them if they don't work. I think that's a big thing is letting go of the control. And that's something I have had to work on of, I don't have to get every single thing on the list done. And if I have such a long list that that's going to happen, maybe I need to reevaluate my list of what I even need to be focusing on in the first place. And it's kind of keeping the consistency has been big for me. You know, when I think of the kitchen, as you're talking, that's something you have to stay consistent on. If you miss one night or one morning, then the whole thing kind of backs up on itself and it takes that much longer to work it out. And so consistency and then just letting go of the control, because let's be honest, there's going to be some mornings that Graham might wake up super early and I, it's just going to look totally different than what I might want it to look like. And that's fine. You know, like I've yeah. learned with time that I just have to be willing to give that up and go with the flow and just figure out, you know, how we're going to get through what we need to get through for the day. Mm -hmm. and that's, that's taken some time for me to work through. But last year I stumbled on a book called the liturgy of the ordinary and it's sacred practices in everyday life by Tish Harrison Warren. And it just really has challenged me and the way I think through my day-to-day -day life and just the intentionality of it. So each chapter, what she does is she breaks down your day and kind of puts it in like an essence, like a liturgy format. So like chapter one is titled Waking and it's the baptism and learning to be beloved. And it's talking about how do you set your priorities with the first thing you're waking and how that is similar to our baptism. Mm. And it's just really neat the way she, it goes waking, making the bed and making the bed is all about liturgy, ritual, what forms a life. And you know, the cliche quote of like the secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. I think it uh -huh. is true. And she kind of talks through that of the importance of ritual and the importance of, you know, if that means making your bed first thing in the morning and kind of being consistent with that. But this book has just been so, I don't know, it's just been really eye-opening for me. So I thought I would wanted to share it just in case anyone wanted to check it out and we can link it. But it really has made me think through there's one chapter on brushing teeth, losing your keys, eating leftovers. And it, mm -hmm. it just helps you put different practices kind of in correlation with everyday life for you to kind of refocus. I really love that. I love the idea of that. And I think that really plays into kind of what our mission for this whole thing is, is that, you know, so often we search for extraordinary when so often the most extraordinary blessings are in the very ordinary things that we do in our acts of service in just the faithfulness of continuing to show up for our people. And I think simplicity really ties into that because we're going to do that best when it's stripped to really what's most important and like intentionality plays into that. And I love that. So that, sounds like a great read. Yeah, she has a quote here. Um, it says, the crucible of our formation is in the anonymous monotony of our daily routines. Mm. You know, and it's just so good to be reminded that, like you said, it's these little tiny things that feel like nothing. They're just so monotonous and like 
putting the peanut butter and jelly away, but like those little things are what's going to add up to make a huge life change. Yeah, it's really, really true. I love that. I'm so glad that, that you shared that. So I thought kind of as our listeners are getting to know us a little better, I thought we'd do a fun little segment where we talk about something in our lives right now that is giving us life and something in our lives that is killing us softly. I know that kind of sounds dramatic on both ends, but you know, what's, what's, what are we struggling through and what is really been a blessing? Can you think of anything? I know I'm springing this on you. Yeah, I think those are great. I love the way of framing those questions and kind of thinking through, you know, what is giving me life and then what is just really hard right now. (laughs) One thing that has been just really giving me life is being able to see the personality and kind of character of my two-year-old just grow and develop. Mm -hmm. I feel like it has been you know, staying at home in quarantine was hard, but it has been such a sweet time for him and I, because I feel like we have really been able to build just a relationship and, you know, just have had this intentional time that we would not have been able to have before. And today we were playing and he looks over and he just goes, mama, you're my friend. And it was just so fun Mm. that he's understanding these concepts. He even, you know, last night was talking about what he was disappointed in and just starting to be able to hear his heart and see him open up. It's just really kind of like opened up this whole new chapter of motherhood. That's been just exciting and like fun for me as I kind of transition out of the baby phase into more of like, you know, shepherding his heart and growing his heart and learning Mm. more about him. So that has been fun. I love that. On the flip side, something that's been draining is I just miss our library being open and our parks being open and some of the simple yeah. things that him and I used to do so much that I feel like there's just some days that it's like, what, you know, what else can we do? I don't, there's only so many things I can pull out of the closet to figure out what we can do. So that has been just kind of wearing me thin lately and just kind of, it's been discouraging but I know there's a lot of hope as things continue to open up and the weather is getting nicer that we'll find things. It's just kind of putting more pressure on me to be a little bit more creative. What's giving you life right now? So this is silly, but I have really been enjoying our kitchen island in our new kitchen. Like we have a great big granite kitchen island with like a deep farmhouse sink in it. And I have just been loving that. That is not a silly thing at all. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's easy for it to become a bit of a catch-all, but that doesn't even really bother me that much as long as, you know, it's getting cleaned off like once a day. So I've really enjoyed that. I've always wanted a great big deep sink and I haven't ever been someone that like uses like both sides of a sink. So I really like that it's just one big sink and I can fill it up with water and, you know, I don't know. So I've just really been enjoying that. How fun. And it's, it's kind of a nice little center of the home, you know, because they say that, you know, the kitchen is the heart of the home. And I do believe that that's somewhat true, but it's kind of open to the rest of the house. So it's just kind of a nice little, little center for us. That's awesome. I've enjoyed that. Yeah. Is there anything that's been killing you softly? This one really is silly, but um, we have like a water softener on our whatever water. And uh, I've never had soft water. I've never really dealt with that, like where I've lived. So it's really thrown off my routine of like what I would normally do to make my hair 
be halfway decent. And it's so interesting that water plays such a role with your hair. Like I didn't know that at all, but it is a thing. And when I, so a few years back, I was working full time and just doing lots of business trips and just crazy person. Um, but I spent a month in India and I didn't realize it, but the water out there is very different. And when I got back, we couldn't figure out why I was losing all my hair. And it was because the water out there, like it was so harsh. I was losing my hair afterwards. And I just don't even think about how water impacts your hair. So that is, that can be annoying. That's not a silly thing. That definitely is an adjustment to get used to. So the water was hard there. It was hard water. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think really what it comes down to is we were just spoiled by Colorado water, which was like fresh from the mountains. Like, aren't we all (laughs) right? Just rolling down the stairway from heaven, right into our faucets, like cold and delicious. Yes. Yeah. So, but we do have, we have an RO now in our, our faucet. So that's nice. That's been nice. The water, the, the Texas water is rough. It's not, mm. it's not Colorado hmm. water. That's for sure. Alrighty lady. Well, I think, um, I can hear I'm, so I'm in my, our master closet with the door shut and then our bedroom door is shut and locked. So, you know, we have a lot of barriers before little people could get in here and, you know, try to be on a podcast. But anyway, I think even at that, I can hear, I, I think bath time is starting. So I probably better jump in there and, you know, be I'll a team player. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was nice chatting with you. You have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye.